encourage you to take some notes. I believe that the Lord's going to speak to us. I have a very peculiar word to release in the house tonight. I want to be faithful to be the Lord's messenger tonight and to go where he's directed me to go. I was in study today. You all know how I do this so that we will have fresh bread um, in the house tonight. Amen. Judges chapter 2. Are you there? Are you getting there? Hey, I also want to recognize having Mike and Christina Donahue here from South Carolina. They Come on, give it up for the Donahues tonight. Come on. Love you guys so much. Been a joy. We got to spend some quality time with them this week and with their three sons that are, that are just amazing boys and they're amazing friends and, of course, they're family of this house for many years. So love you guys. Um, wow. So I've been asking the Lord how I'm going to try to impart this word this evening. And um, I'm going to discover that myself. <laughs> so, but I've got something to carry to this house. I have something to carry that I believe is going to be a gift to us tonight. Um, and I want to thank all of you for such really phenomenal feedback from the torch this week. Um, and from last week as well. It's really been overwhelming, and some of the subject matter um, has been pretty heavy. Uh, we're not going to those places tonight, <laughs> so everybody can breathe. I'm not talking about AI and digital abominations tonight. <laughs> yay, rah, yay, rah. Um, but I want to speak tonight about the subject of when leaders arise. And I really want to look at the life of Deborah tonight, specifically, who God raised up in such a phenomenal way to the children of Israel. Is that rain? Well, let's just enjoy this for a while. I like it. You know, when they installed this new roof here, it just amplifies the rain beautifully. I don't know. It's just, it's gorgeous. Cody, can you lead us and let it rain? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm in Judges 2 tonight, and as we begin this, um, how many of you have, have heard of the the patriot, the 1700s patriot, Thomas Paine, he, he wrote Common Sense. And he said these words, if you're taking notes tonight, I'd like you to write this down because this is, <laughs> enjoy that rain. He said, if there must be trouble, let it be in my day that my children may have peace. I want you to write that down. If there must be trouble, let it be in my day that my children may have peace. Thomas Paine, 1700s, mighty patriot, mighty patriot. When a nation is being overrun by evil and by enemies, God always seeks to raise up deliverers. The ways of God... The ways of God, the method of God, the answers of God, 
they always come in the package of a man or they come in the package of a woman. That is God's method. That is God's ways. That's how God answers. He answers through his creation, men of God, women of God, consecrated vessels, those that have been set apart unto him that he could raise up and use for his glory and for his divine purposes in the earth. This will always be the method of God. This will always be the method of God. When evil is exalted in a nation, God looks for deliverers. We could go through all the scriptures. We could talk of Moses tonight. We could talk of David, the shepherd boy tonight. We could talk of Gideon. We could talk of many other judges. We could talk of George Washington tonight. We could talk of Abraham Lincoln tonight. In fact, the scripture says in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, 2 Chronicles chapter 16, put it in your notes tonight. And I pray that you would take some notes tonight because we're going to go we're going to go some places. In verse 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong or mighty on the behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Are those words behind me? Look at those words. Those are powerful words. The eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro throughout the entire earth to show himself strong or mighty on the behalf of those whose hearts are loyal unto him. I want to say again that there is an anointing in this hour that the Holy Spirit, a very specific targeted anointing, because you, you have to understand the Holy Spirit is hungry for cities. The, hung, the Holy Spirit is hungry for regions. He's hungry for states. The Holy Spirit is hungry for nations. Are you in this room tonight? He's hungry for nations, and there is an anointing that the Holy Spirit is pouring out in this hour, literally, for the rescuing and the saving of nations in this hour. It'll only be by the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit that this prodigal nation shall be saved. But understand that the method that God will use will always be his sons and his daughters. Can I get a witness in here? There's, there's going to be a people in this hour that they're not going to be silenced. They're not going to quit. They're not going to be intimidated. They're not going to be backed up. They're not going to avoid the battles or the wars or the conflicts, but they have been called into this hour, and they understand that God is commissioning them into the battle because they have victory in their heart and triumph in their heart and victory on their mind. And the Holy Spirit has possessed them in such a way He is literally putting them on like a glove, like He did to Gideon. The Spirit of God will come and literally put you on like a glove in the Spirit of the Lord, and He will raise you up to become a deliverer in this hour. Hallelujah! Some of you need some coffee. Are you still here? You okay that we worship about an hour and a half in this church? Stay with me tonight. God is counting on the church. God is counting on the church. It's not going to be a lame, woke church that is going to rescue the day. Can I get a witness in this Methodist church? Where are you all at? 
It's not going to be some lame and weak and woke church. It's not going to be some compromised church that's going to turn this nation back to God. It is going to be a church that is experiencing a fresh move of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. A place where the presence of the Lord is resting and dwelling in fire and in glory. And that is why we worship in this way, so that we can be encountered by the fire and the glory of God. That we could be changed from glory and glo- to glory to glory. And that we could become ambassadors in this hour to rescue a nation that must be saved. Are you all with me tonight? God is scanning. The eyes of the Lord are scanning the earth. And he's looking for the consecrated ones who have been set apart. I believe that heaven is taking notes right now in 2023. I believe angels are being sent out and they're taking notes and they're watching over the sons and daughters of the living God. And they're taking their notes back to the throne room and saying, Father, you can trust her. You can trust him. You can trust her. You can trust him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because the eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro upon the whole earth, and they're seeking whose hearts are completely loyal to him. Why? So that God can manifest himself strong through them. That's Deborah's story. God profoundly raised her up at an epic time for the children of Israel. I'm in Judges chapter 2 tonight. We're going to read a number of portions this evening, some big portions of Scripture. Are you there tonight? Are your Bibles open? Okay, this side seems to have their Bibles open. Does this side have Bibles? Can you hold your Bibles up? I need to know. Well, there's the phones. Okay, great. The phones, are, the phones are in the house, and Siri is recording everything I'm saying tonight. Hallelujah. Siri, can you raise a hallelujah for me tonight? And then the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bosham and said, I led you up from Egypt and brought you to the land which I swore to your fathers and said, I will never break my covenant with you. Wow. And you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? And therefore, I also said, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall be thorns in your side, and their God shall be a snare to you. And so it was the angel of of the Lord spoke these words to all the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voices and they wept. Then they called on the name, the, the name of that place, Bosham. And they sacrificed to the Lord. And when Joshua had dismissed the people, the children of Israel went each way to their own inheritance and possessed the land. Verse 7. And so the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen the great works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. And now Joshua, the son of Nun, The servant of the Lord died when he was 110 years of age. 
And they buried him in the border of his inheritance of Timnath-Herez in the mountains of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gesh. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. And then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Baals, false gods. And they forsook the Lord their God, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and they followed other gods, and among the gods of the people who were all around them, and they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtoreths. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Ashtoreth, who was this? This this was a false demon god, but it was a female deity. Female deity, false god, the goddess of war and the goddess of fertility that brought them into sexual immorality. This is important. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. Those are some strong words. And so he delivered them into the hands of the plunderers who despoiled them and sold them into the hands of their enemies all around so they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity as the Lord had said to them and as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Well, that's, that's the mercy and grace of God, isn't it? Yet, those who would not listen to their judges, <clears throat> but they played the harlot with other gods and bowed down to them and turned quickly from the way in which their fathers walked and obeying The commandments of the Lord, they did not do so. And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with them, was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved with pity for their groaning because those who oppressed them and harassed them. I don't believe I gave the the concluding verses to this to our crew back there. But if you're reading along with me, I want to read the next few verses. Can we go forward? Verse 19, and it came to pass when the judges was dead that they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers by following other gods to serve them and bow down to them. They did not cease from their own doings nor from their stubborn ways. Then the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he said, because this nation has transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers and has not heeded my voice, I will no longer drive out before you any of the nations which Joshua left when he died, and so that through them I may test Israel whether they will keep the ways of the Lord to walk in them as their fathers kept them or not. Therefore, the Lord left those nations without driving them out immediately, nor did he deliver them into the hand of Joshua. Powerful. So the Lord would raise up these anointed prophetic gifts 
He would raise up judges among them. He would raise up basically guardians for Israel to watch over them, to give them the word of the Lord. Because of the hand of enemies that were now coming against them and now harassing them. And in God's great grace and in God's great mercy, he would begin to raise up these unique gifts that he called the judges that he set his spirit upon. And in the book of Judges, you go through Ethniel. He's in chapter 3. Then you go through Ehud. And then you go through Shamgard. These are exciting names, ladies and gentlemen. I love reading them. But he raised them up to protect Israel from their enemies. There's going to be a spelling test on all these names later tonight as well. I guarantee it. But then we meet up with Deborah in chapter 4. She was a prophetess and she was a judge. And I, I want to give a few little insights before we dig into the real meat of chapter 4 and where's, where this is going. Because what I believe is, is in this hour is that God is going to cause leaders to now emerge, and these leaders that will emerge will ignite other leaders to stand tall and bold and to come forward because faith ignites faith. Say that tonight with me. Faith ignites faith. Courage ignites courage. Leaders ignite other leaders. When leaders step forward, then suddenly other leaders emerge for the fight because they've got a hunger and an appetite for victory and triumph on the inside of them. Courage will always give birth to courage. Faith will always give birth to faith. Are you with me tonight? So Joshua has died, and Israel has a tragic problem. They're, they're in a horrible pattern right now, and it's disobedience to God again and again. And the people would sin, and they would suffer at the hands of another nation until they finally cried out to God, and then God would send them salvation through the judges. And So now God, in chapter 4, what we're going to look at here, he allows them to fall into the hand of the king Jabin. Jabin is the king of Canaan. And we're told that Sisera is his leading, warring commander and chief. And Jabin has, he's now been oppressing Israel for 20 years. That's a long time. He's been oppressing Israel 20 years. But then we see Deborah step in on the scene. And these are some things that I want to give you before we go into the text. In Judges 4.4, we begin to learn these things. We learn three things about Deborah if you're taking notes. Number one, she was a prophetess. Deborah was a prophetess. She was the wife of Lapidoth. There's one of those awesome names. How many of you named your, your son or your daughter their middle name Lapidoth? And wow, that's stunning, amazing. And so she was also Israel's judge. So we learned this. She was a prophetess. She's the wife of Lapidoth. Lapidoth, and she is also a judge for Israel. In Judges chapter 5 and verse 7, I'm giving you a few things here, so take some notes. We learn that she's also a mother. Now, I believe this is key because where I'm going tonight, men, I'm not leaving you in the dust, but I'm speaking to mighty, warring women in this house. Can I get an amen from the lioness in the house? Can I get a rousing amen from the ladies tonight? We're going after warrior women, and I'll tell you what, this church is loaded with them. It is. This church is loaded with mighty warring women, including my wife. And what we learn is that 
She is a prophetess, but she's also a mother, and I love this. She's a prophetess, but a mother. You've you got to link those two things together, like Moses' mom. How many remember Moses' mom, Miriam? She was also a prophetess, and what does that mean? That It means being a prophetess, she's chosen by God to reveal the words of God. We know that the prophetic is what? This is right out of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. The prophetic is literally just, it's very simple. It's hearing from God and speaking to men and women. That's what it is. And so Deborah is set apart. She's a prophetess, but she's also a mother. And I believe that this is so key for the mothering heart that God is releasing in this hour to rise in power and anointing and vision to make sure that we ensure the next generation's victory over the enemy. So Deborah's now chosen in this same role, just as Miriam. And it says in Judges 2.16, the reason that she was raised up was to deliver the hands of those who plundered them. So then another thing that we see, we see with Ethanol, we see with Ehud, we see with Gideon that was raised up in the next chapter. Jethna, who fought the sons of Amnon. That's later in Judges chapter 11. We see that God raises Deborah up, but she ministers differently. She doesn't minister like these other judges or these other men that are raised up. She has somewhat of a different anointing. And what we learn in Judges chapter 4, right around verse 5, it says that she would sit under a palm tree, the palm of Deborah. I like that. She, she had a place. And she would be sitting there receiving inspiration from the Holy Spirit. She would receive wisdom. She would Deborah would receive strategy, wisdom, understanding, counsel from the Holy Spirit, counseling the people of Israel concerning the judgments of the Lord. Something I want you to see before we dive into the text too is that she did not go out to lead the army, but she chose a man named Barak that we're about to look at. And she chose him to oversee the military advancement as a commander at that time. And she agrees to go with Barak later on, but she gives him a word. She says, Barak, you need to know, I'm going to go with you, but the honor of this fight is not going to go to you. It's going to go to a woman that God's going to lift up. And interestingly enough, she's not even prophesying about herself. She's prophesying about a young woman who's going to step into the story named J.L. And this is very important because I want to remind you, when you step forward, something ignites and activates somebody else to step forward. Are you with me tonight? So we're going to dive into the text. Oh, man, so much here. So much. All right, are you in Judges chapter 4? And uh, there's some real humdingers of some names in here, too. So, like I said, we're going to have a spelling bee and a grammar test afterwards tonight. So, when Ehud had died, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. This is horrible, isn't it? It's horrible. They did evil in the sight of the Lord, and so the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, the king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar. The commander of, of his army was Sesera who dwelt in Herosheth Hagoyim. Herosheth Hagoyim. Just look at your neighbor and say, Herosheth Hagoyim. 
I'm doing my best. Just everybody say grace, grace to Brian. <laughs> Hero chef, hagyoyim. It's, it's, it's for fun, ladies and gentlemen. It's for fun. It's to keep all of us preachers humble. <laughs> and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron and 20, and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. Now, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapodoth, was judging Israel at the time. And she would sit under a palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. And she sent and called Barak, the son of Abenoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali. But they, they just loaded up right after one another and said, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount, at Mount Tabar. Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and the sons of Zebulun. And against you I will deploy Sesera, the commander of Jabin's army, with chariots and his multitude at the river of Kishon. And I will deliver him into your hand. And Barak said to her, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. You know, that's, that's an amazing statement, isn't it? It's kind of different, isn't it? I mean, here's this, here's this warring commander. He's in charge. But she sees that the word of the Lord is in her mouth. And the word of the Lord is upon him and upon her, and the anointing is there. And he's like, look, I would love to rise up, but I can't do this unless you go with me. And I love this exchange. And don't you love how the Bible's honest? Three of you. Don't you love how the Bible is honest? <laughs> so she said, I will surely go with you, which I love. I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey. You are taking for the Lord will sell Sesera into the hand of a woman. Now, what, what I want you to understand right there, she is prophesying at that moment. She is, she is prophesying something that is yet to come. They've not moved into battle. They've not moved into the strategy. No soldiers had moved, but now she's decreeing. You need to understand, I'm going to go with you. You've asked. You've said, would you please go with me? I'll go with you. I'll arise. I'll be courageous. I'll be bold. I'll move forward with you. But you need to know, there's going to be no honor and no glory go with you because the Lord's going to turn this battle into the hands of another woman. Woo. And then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called Zebulun and Nephtali to Kadesh. He went up with 10,000 men under his command. And Deborah went up with him. Now Heber, the Kenite of the children of Hobab. Don't you love this? Hobab. The father-in-law of Moses had separated himself uh, from the Kenite. The Kenites and pitched his tent near the Tembereth tree in Zanium, which is beside Kadesh. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And they reported to Sesera that Barak, the son of Abadoam, had gone up to Mount Tabar. And so Sisera gathered together all the chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the people who were with him at, there it is, Herosheth. 
Hagoyim to the river of Kishon. And then Deborah said to Barak, up. I love that. I have to, I have to say it like that because there's an exclamation point after it. Can I say it again? Up. For this is the day which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? Oh, hallelujah. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went out from Mount Tabar with 10,000 men and followed him. Verse 15. And the Lord routed Sisera and all the chariots and all the army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. This is where the music begins to intensify. And Barak pursued the chariots from the army of Herosheth, Haggaiah. And all the army of Syria fell by the edge of the sword. Not one man was left. Now, however, Sisera had fled on by foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, king of of Hazar, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said, Turn aside, my lord. Turn aside for me. Do not fear. And when you have turned aside with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. And then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened up a jug of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him. And he said to her, stand at the door of the tent, and if anyone comes and inquires and says, is there any man, you shall say no. And then Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple, and it went down into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary, and he died. This is not a G-rated message tonight. And then, as Barak pursued Sesera, Jael came out to meet him and said to him, Come, and I will show you the man that you seek. And when he went into the tent, there lies Sesera, Sisera, dead with a peg in his temple. And so on that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan in the presence of the children of Israel and the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Jabin the king of Canaan until they had destroyed Jabin the king of Canaan. Powerful stuff. I want to extract tonight some of the things that we learn concerning these two women. And I think this is a powerful story. Again, we need to see this. Deborah teaches us, and if you're taking notes, write this down. Deborah teaches us that God most certainly sees that women are capable of leading. This is where the women need to shout an amen. Women are capable of leading. And they're capable of making judgments between men, between properties, between being spiritual teachers and prophets. There's no distinction, ladies and gentlemen. The Spirit of God, from the day of Pentecost 
The Spirit of God was poured out on all flesh upon men and women, and they spoke in other tongues, and they lifted up their voices, and they prophesied. Men servants and maidservants, the Spirit of God shows no partiality. The Spirit of God can be raised up upon a mighty man, but also upon a mighty woman. A woman of God can be a mighty prophet of God. A woman can be a mighty prophet of God. But try those online watching. Here's what we see with Deborah. We see that she did not do things the way that man normally did things. She stayed in a certain place. She had a place of authority. She had an interesting office. Her office was under a palm tree. Do you find that interesting? I like it too. And they would come to her, and she would be moved upon by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord would begin to give her strategy. The Lord would begin to give her inspiration. The Lord would begin to give her ideas and direction for which way Israel was to go at the time. How she was supposed to deal with Sisera and the army. God gave her an instruction to raise up Barak. And what I love about this is that she did not try to step into a realm of authority that she was not supposed to step into. Do not miss that point. She understood her authorization of authority. She understood her office. She understood her place. But she raised up Barak to go and become the commander and to begin to fight the battle. Are you with me? She teaches us to recognize those who help and those that do not help. In Judges chapter 5, I'm not going to read the whole song of Deborah right now. Put it in your notes tonight. You should look over it. But this is interesting. She points out those who showed their love and those who showed up for the battle. In Judges 5, I'm going to give you just a few of them. You can throw it in your notes. It says that Ephraim, Zebulun, Nephtali, Benjamin, and Issachar came down as warriors. This was part of Deborah's song. She recognizes those who came down, who who shed their blood, who gave honor to the Lord, who gave honor to the children of Israel, and who would actually show up to the fight to give themselves to it. Look who she listed. Ephraim, Zebulun, Nephtali, Benjamin, and Essachar came down as warriors. Judges chapter 5, she says this, that Reuben had great resolve of heart, This is around verses 15 through 18. Reuben had great resolve of heart and great searching of heart while sitting among the sheep. If you're not getting it, it means she's calling people out. What I love about Deborah is she's willing to give people and celebrate the the right people who stepped up for battle and said these people were ready. But then she began to call out the people who just sat among the sheep and just thought about stepping into the battle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, they had great resolve of heart and great searching of heart while they sat among the sheep. Gilead, she says, Gilead stayed at home. 
Dan stayed with their, this is the tribe of Dan, Dan stayed with their ships and Asher sat on the seashore while Zebulun and Nephitali despised their lives even unto death. And here's my point. She gave praise to the warriors who died for the cause of the Lord, but this woman had no trouble handing out praise or criticism for those who were running from the battle. And this is an hour where we have to understand God is separating the boys from the men. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God's even separating lambs from lions in this hour. This is an hour where you have to take courage. You have to take boldness. We are not the people who make excuses to avoid the battles that God is thrusting us into in this hour. We don't make excuses staying with the stuff while others are going and fighting and warring and interceding and praying. This is no time to get lazy, church. This is the time where you press in when life is hard, when the pain is hard, when the pain is deep, you go deeper in prayer. When the pain is deep, you go deeper in prayer. When the pain is deep, you go deeper in intercession. When the pain is deep, you go deeper in worship. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm preaching to myself right now. When it's deep, when it's hard, when you're in pain, you go deeper. You go deeper and you fortify yourself and say, God has called me to this battle and I'm not running away from it. And what I love about Deborah's story is her stepping forward. And she says, okay, Barak, I will go with you. I will arise. I will mount up. I will go out to the battlefield with you. And I'm telling you, there is something about when you say yes to God. When you step forward, no more excuses. And you say, God, now. God, now. I'm giving you my yes no more excuses. I'm stepping forward. I'm going to step into that which you have called me to do. And when you do that, your act of obedience begins to ignite and launch into other hearts all around you. And the story will be told on the other side in glory because of your obedience, because of what you did. Somebody else stepped forward and joined the fight to bring the victory. Can I get a witness in here? I'm just starting to preach. I feel some fire in this house. Now, JL, I love this. JL, wow, how confident she seems to be. What a report. I mean, what a report. She's, she's bad. She's b -b 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 bad to the bone. She's, when I read this, this is something where I kind of imagine, you know, somebody coming in and saying, do you know what your daughter Victoria did? And it'd be something like this. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that, that's about right. That sounds really good. <laughs> what I love here, JL, she knew that her house would be considered as a refuge for Jabin. And she didn't deceive Sisera. Make sure you understand this. She gave him what he expected. 
He felt comfortable enough in his own exhaustion that was overtaking him to go to that specific place. But Jael was wise. And so she went out and she greeted him and met him. But notice this, that she didn't take him on like in hand-to-hand combat. (laughs) But she used her tools to accomplish what needed to be done. She recognized that the opportunity had come to her door. She recognized, see, it was Leonard Ravenhill that famously said, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity. And I'm prophesying to some of you right now that the opportunity is coming to your door. And when it comes to your door, you're going to know what to do. She recognized the opportunity and she took it. She thought quickly. She calmed her nerves. She fixed him a drink. This is an interesting text. Got milk? Okay, anyway. (laughs) So she makes him some milk, right? She prepares a place for him to, to sleep. This kind of astounds me. She prepares a place for him to sleep. She even covers him up with a blanket. And then she takes the peg. And it's pretty gruesome. And I was thinking about ministering this tonight for all of you ladies. And I'm sorry. I mean, my my wife, you know, when I pull out the Patriot movie, and I've got to watch it for the 300th time, and my wife's like, oh, my God, we've got to do this again. This is... This is so gruesome. This is so gory. Oh, my gosh, Brian, he's going to pull out the hatchet again, and it's going to go into the guy's head, and there's arms coming off, and, and I'm, I'm all into it, you know, and grisly and hyping up. And, yeah, it's just it's one of those moments. You just got to suck it up and take it right now. It's, it's hard. <laughs> it, you got to. She takes this peg and this hammer and lays him down, And she puts it on his temple, and she drives it through all the way through his skull that it goes into the ground on the other side. It's savage. (laughs) Savage. What What I feel the Lord is saying especially for the women in this hour, and we'll get to you guys, is that the women of God, the lioness, are going to rise in power and authority and anointing. They're going to rise. You ladies, you're going to rise. You ladies, you're going to rise in wisdom. You're going to arise in authority. Nobody's going to be messing with the mama bears anymore. Nobody's going to be messing with their little kids anymore. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Nobody's going to be messing with the mama bear's kids anymore. Nobody's going to be messing with the future anymore. The women are going to rise up in such a boldness and such a power. They're not, they're not backing up. They understand this is, this is their hour. And when you do, something's going to ignite in other women of God all over this country. We're about ready to hit the next big storm of what they're trying to plan for us. 
And I've said before, COVID-19, you know, was like the outer bands of, of a Cat 5 storm coming to us. And we're about to hit a whole nother level. And I'm telling you, ladies, in the ecclesia, ladies in the ecclesia, now is your time. Now is your time. You're, you're going to have the wisdom, the instruction of the Lord, the power, the ability. And when you rise, you're going to cause others to rise right alongside. And victories are going to be won because I'm going to say it again. There is an anointing that the Holy Spirit is pouring out right now upon the church to save and rescue America. When evil raises itself up to this height, to this level in a nation, what did I say at the very beginning? God begins to go on the search and the quest for deliverers. And I'm telling you, women of God, God is going to raise you up to be a mighty deliverer. Deliverer in this hour. He's searching for mighty deliverers. I want to say to you tonight. I want to say you are a Deborah. You are a Deborah that must arise for this hour. You are a JL that must arise in this hour. And you'll do it in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. There are powerful, powerful, anointed women all over this church. And your assignment is so valuable and so important. And you're going to come into your assignment. You're going to know. You may be sitting here and how, how can I even dive into this text with little old me and my, my little bitty life here in Sarasota. Oh, no. You're about to come in to the importance of your assignment. The will of God. The dream of God. And he's going to call you into the battle. And you're going to be ready. You're going to be ready. Praise the Lord. I don't have to read any of those hard words anymore in the scriptures. <laughs> if you're taking any level of notes, write this down. I believe this is important because this is what I got today. The timing for JL was God's. And JL was prepared to act when it arrived at her door. Notice the first part. The timing was God's. The timing was God's. But J.L. was prepared to act when it arrived at her door. I encourage you ladies tonight and you men to be confident in the Lord and be confident in the abilities that he has given you to seize your opportunity like Deborah and like J.L. This is a big point tonight. When Deborah arose, J.L. arose. Why? Because faith will always give birth to faith. 
Courage will always give birth to courage. There's something mighty when we step forward in obedience to God in the leading of the Holy Spirit and we use our faith to move forward. Here's what Thomas Paine said in the 1700s. He said, if there must be trouble, let it be in my day that my child may have peace. I'm calling tonight, and I believe the Holy Spirit is calling because I, I, did, I did not plan this message. I had something completely different, and the Lord said, no, you're going this way today. And I was like, yes, sir, we're going that way today. God is calling this, this year for women to arise and for men to arise, too, and use your faith. And I've said already tonight, we are not the people who make excuses to avoid the battles of this hour. Guys, we've got to renew our mind that God leads us into triumph and victory. We're so used to getting bulldozed right now that pe people are getting so used to losing. They're getting so used to being bulldozed and people are just throwing up their arms with no hope. And I'm here... <laughs> by God's great grace, to be your leader and a shepherd in your life to say, all hope is not gone. And God is not done with America. It may look horrifically bleak. He is not done. We are moving into an epic battle that God is calling us to win. This is our time. This is our watch. This is our hour. We must be responsible men and women of God. And as people, we're, people of God, we're called to fight with weapons of warfare that are not carnal. And we're called to see into the unseen and say, God, what are you saying to me now? What is my place? What is my authorization? What would you have me do? God has a plan for our city. He has a master plan for Sarasota, for this region, for the Southwest Florida region. He has a master plan. In just a couple weeks, I'm going to be, because, because of what the Lord has done, I'm going to be with Governor Ron DeSantis and his wife, Casey. And I remember several years ago that a man, a man in our church called me up, and he asked me to go down to a work site down on Casey Key. And I remember that when I got there, I stepped out of his vehicle, and the moment I stepped down on Casey Key, I'm not exaggerating, I'm just telling you, it's exactly how it happened, I saw Casey DeSantis. And the Lord began to speak to me. He gave me a profound word for her life. And I'm not going to go into the details of it except the secret weapon that the Lord was raising her up to be in a coming hour. The Lord is opening a door for us to be with Him in just a couple weeks from now. And it will be a, a private thing, but also a public thing to the glory of God. And I'm going to be ready to give her the word of the Lord at that time. And I believe it is a Deborah moment for Casey DeSantis. 
You know, we need a lot of champions right now. This isn't a Trump thing. I tell you what, I would love to talk to Trump right now. I'd love to talk to him to get it straight and get it right in the fear of the Lord and understand what God is demanding of this nation concerning the shedding of innocent blood for our children. It's time to get it right. But God has a master plan for the state of Florida. He has a master plan for America and the nations in this hour. And he's calling you and I in to our assignment. It's time to arise. And when we do, others are going to arise. It's time to move in courage and others will take courage. It's time to take faith and it will ignite faith in others. It's time to ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me do? And then be, just be simply obedient to do that which he asks you to do. And in closing, I want to say this. This statement came out of the Argentine revival during the 40s and 50s. Simple acts of, of obedience release the kingdom of God. Listen to it again. Simple acts of obedience release the kingdom of God. Women, when you hear the Lord, step forward, say your yes, make your commitment, be faithful, move forward in courage and boldness, and see what your God will do before you. I tell you, ladies, God is going before you in the battle. And you're going to see mighty exploits. Mighty, mighty exploits to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you that you gave me the courage to release this word. And you put even the obedience in my own heart, Lord, to speak this word into the life of victory tonight. And those that are watching, those that are online tonight. Just take the hand of the person next to you right now. Lord, I believe, I believe we are the recipients of this grace and this anointing that you are putting on the ecclesia to save the beloved United States of America. And I pray, Lord, that you would raise up deliverers, deliverers out of this house, mothers, prophetess, mighty women of God who become deliverers. And I speak that over the men of God in this house, Lord, that you would raise us up to become mighty deliverers to families, deliverers to other men, deliverers to our city, to this region, and to the nation. And, Lord, we receive the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise our God. Go ahead. Praise our God. I'd like our ushers to come forward at this time. We want to serve you tonight. Ushers, come. If you need an offering envelope tonight, you can lift your hand high. We want to serve you. If you need an offering envelope, you can lift your hand high. We want to serve you. Of course, you can give right now on our Victory FLA app.
I want to thank every one of you for your faithfulness of giving <clears throat> here at Victory. We are getting our prayer center prepared for the future. Guys, God's about to do something very, very special here at Victory through our new prayer center. Pray with us that everything continues to go through with the county, that we move swiftly, everything gets fulfilled, and that the fire of the Lord moves through this house as it's birthed. Amen. It's got to be mighty. I want to give you a few just quick announcements. We are going to resume our Financial Peace University, which starts October the 7th. That is, begins, I believe, next week. If you've already done the first five classes, you'll be finishing those classes with uh, Mike and Donna Conway. Uh, we'll be skipping. Uh, you'll find all of this on our online calendar, by the way. You don't have to memorize this. Just go to victoryfla.com. It's right there on our calendar. You'll see that we'll be skipping October the 28th, that day, and finishing on November the 4th. That's Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey. How many of you love Dave Ramsey out there? He, he's a bulldog. He's an absolute bulldog. I love that guy. Um, evangelism, our evangelism night, October the 13th. You want to mark your calendars, go with us. If you'd like to be part of that, make sure you fill out the volunteer application. Make sure that's filled out, that you're registered to go. You can register on that event right on our app. If you've not downloaded our app, which several thousand people have downloaded our app and use our app. I don't know if you heard that. There's several hundred people in front of me right now, but there's several thousand of people who have downloaded and are using our app. To God be the glory. Our upcoming Victory Fast is October the 22nd through the 28th. We'll be meeting every night, 6.30 to 8 o'clock. <clears throat> Our Victory Fast. And then we have an outreach that's coming up on November the 3rd. You want to mark your calendar. We're going to be at Selby Points. Selby Five Points right downtown at Five Points at the park. And that's going to be a powerful night. And let me tell you, in connection with this, with this message tonight, there's going to be several of the women of God in this house that's going to be on the streets preaching under the anointing and casting the net for people to get saved. Come on. Come on. It's awesome. Our ladies are going to go for it. You ready, Sandra? I know you're ready. <laughs> Sandra's powerful. Praise God for Sandra. Amen. All right. Are we ready to give tonight? I just saw Cody. I'm like, check that, check that. There's another, there's another powerful woman in this house. There's another one. Amen. My wife is actually over helping and serving kids tonight. But when you ladies see my wife, grab a hold of her and tell her how powerful she is as well. She's a mighty lion in this house. Thank God for Bren. Let me just say this since I'm speaking about Bren. We've just launched our new co-op, and our new offices have been filled with children, learning, receiving education. It has been phenomenal. And watching my wife move in this and just seeing her step forward, once again, we've seen other mighty women of God step forward with her building a team and imparting into the next generation. I'm going to tell you, there's nothing more beautiful in our hearts than seeing our kids learning and being educated right now as they are. So to God be the glory for that. Amen. Father, we pray that miracles are released through this offering tonight. 
Lord, there is an inheritance, there is a portion that you have allotted to victory, a church of your presence, Lord. And we pray for that portion to manifest for miracle, miracle land, miracle buildings, miracle property, miracle money to apprehend that which you have called us to for this hour. Lord, and for the progressive vision that you are unfolding before us, the vision that you are unveiling before us, Lord, for the next generation. And we thank you for it, Jesus. We call it in. And Lord, I speak prosperity over every household. Breakthrough over every marriage, over every individual tonight. That there would be breakthrough financially, Lord. And the favor of the Lord would deluge your life and your house. I bless you tonight. And I remind you tonight that the Lord takes great delight and joy in the prosperity of his servants. And that's who you are. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Ushers, go right ahead. Receive tonight. So, Luann, what a privilege to have you here tonight. What an honor. Um, we, so we were just in Israel, and we had some of your husband's music just blasting through our, uh, our bus as we were worshiping the Lord and lifting our hands and shouting to the Lord. And praise God for you and your husband. You guys, you guys have been a, just mighty pioneers in the kingdom of God and so faithful in the kingdom of God. And it's, an, it's a great honor to have you here tonight. God bless you. Amen. I'd like our altar team to prepare themselves. We're going to open the altars. We want to pray for everyone that needs ministry tonight. This is where miracles happened. It happened again last week, even when we had cake for celebrating our anniversary. We had some miracles and breakthroughs right here. We're going to open the altars in just a moment. I'd like our altar team to come. Come and join me. We want to serve you tonight. We want to pray for you. We want to believe God for breakthroughs and victories in your life, for healing, for miracles, for salvation tonight. And if you're in this room, and we look like we all look like family tonight, but if you're in this room and if you do not know the Lord, today is the day of salvation. Today, today, today is the day of salvation. This is no time to wait. It's no time to delay. Today is the day to give your, Christ, your, your life to Christ. Surrender your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is that day. And you can do that in this altar tonight. We would love to pray with you. Amen. Would you stand tonight? Father, I thank you for this wonderful night. All that you have done. All that you have done. And all that you're doing even now and about to do. And Lord, we bless the family of God, the people of God this night. And Lord, in these altars, I pray that your miracle power is manifested as we flow together and begin to pray prayers of faith that there are breakthroughs this night in each life in the name of Jesus. 
Victory, I bless you tonight. May this be a miracle week. May God use you everywhere you go. May you walk through doors of opportunity that are set before you. May you be bold. May you be wise. May you be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. May the Lord use your voice, your mouth. May He use your hands. May you be the feet of the Lord. May He direct your path and your course in Jesus' name for breakthroughs in Sarasota and this region in Jesus' mighty name. Let's lift up a shout to the Lord tonight. Come on. Amen. If you need prayer tonight, come.